0: Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I just want to start by saying that God gave me a a couple of little words prior to uh, stepping up this morning. And one of them was, move. It's interesting, isn't it, how some things in the in the worship that I have no understanding of or we have no uh, dialogue beforehand of, of what's going to happen, but there's something that we know is that when he wants to move, he's going to move. And the question is, will we be ready for that move? So that's just a question I throw out. It's nothing to do with the sermon. It's just... When that, when that song came, and that word came, it really struck me that he wants to move. He wants to move on us. He wants to move through us. But he wants us to move towards him. And that's the essence of where I want us to go today. So the message this morning, I didn't have a title, but I do now, it's The Importance of Intimacy. The importance of intimacy and what that means. How do we relate to that? We sing about the love of God. We want to love you more. We want to know you more. And sometimes I I think that words just don't tell the story. Words don't explain. Because when we're, we're dealing just with words and understanding, often what we're doing is we're engaging the top two inches of who we are. And it's all about our thinking. And we try and think God. We try to understand God in our intellect. But he wants us to move. He wants us to move into his presence. He wants us to move. Because when we see him, when revelation comes, we believe. And there's a difference. We believe because we've experienced something. So I've, I want to start with a, a little bit of a smile as well. Because one of the things that's shifted me, or shifted everything about me, has been my encounter with him through the Song of Songs. Through the Song of Solomon, through the, through the story of the Shulamite Bride. And understanding that there's more to this story than a picture I don't understand. And I got my daughter, Rachel, who's quite arty, to actually do draw a literal picture of the Shulamite bride. And I think she's going to come up on the screen. Now, if you can see her, this is actually a literal picture. It says, you know, often we're told, a picture paints a thousand words. But if you look at this, this is how he was communicating to her. So if we're going to, Engage with the top two inches of who we are, this is what we're going to see in the Song of Songs when he speaks to the Shulamite bride. I don't know how clear you can see that, but there's eyes like doves. Her hair is like a goat, like coming down from the hills of Gilead. Her cheeks are like the opened pomegranates. Her teeth are like shorn sheep. She holds the goblet of wine and her breath is like apples. Her breasts are like new formed fawns. And this is the one that really gets me. Her belly is like a basket of wheat. And we can go on. But he spoke to me through this when I came near to him. We can take it down because I don't want, you to un- <laughs> don't want you to misunderstand the message this morning and the importance of intimacy but we can some, sometimes we don't see things clearly. I'll tell you another little story about not seeing things clearly. I, I got a little started to get clever with my cell phone. I learned, you know, I kept getting these little emojis from people—these little smiley faces, these little yellow things, you know, coming on, on my phone—and and they all some had tears and smiles and teeth and all of this. And I've worked out how to do it. And I was over these little yellow ones and I found this little face. I thought this cute little face, it was a little brown face in a shape of a triangle. And I, was, I started sending this to everybody. And then my son finally said to me, Dad, why are you sending these turd emojis to everybody? I just wanted them to feel good, you know, but I wasn't having... I wasn't having their feet. They weren't seeing what I was seeing. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see what God sees. Sometimes we don't see God how God is. There are three relationships that are, are key to the move of God. The first is our relationship with him. The second is our relationship with ourselves. And the third is our relationship with each other. The Shulamite bride went on this journey, and she encountered it. You see, we can have amazing preaching, and it can be in the strength of the flesh. It can be the ways of the world pervading the church. The three the three M's I wrote down before move of God was that you know we can market this gospel. We can market this church, we can market our brand, we can tell everyone that it's so much better here because of A, B and C and we can market this thing and we can hype it up. We can even manipulate, get into people's minds and into their emotions and, and try and move them to where we want them to suit our needs to, to make or a, a means to my end we can even manufacture. We can stage things. We can set things up. But it isn't a move. It's not a move. It's not a move of God. It's not a move towards God. This morning, I want us to move towards him with the eyes of the Shulamite bride. See, the whole song of songs, the Shulamite bride's story, she starts off as a smelly goat woman and she sees herself as dirty and unclean and unworthy. And like what happened to you, Marcus, he unravels her like a thread. He unravels who she is and she finally sees who he is. She starts to see herself. And in the the opening Verses of this amazing story of the Shulamite bride. Let him kiss me. Okay, now most of the men have turned off already. No, let him kiss me. Let him kiss me. What is the kiss of God? What does the kiss of God look like? What does the kiss of God feel like? See, you can't understand a kiss. If you were to describe one, it would get really awkward. How would you hold your lips and, and, and what, where do you put your tongue and what is the, if, you can't describe a kiss, can you? You can't describe one. You have to experience one. When he kisses you, it's his breath. And it's almost like a hongi when he comes to you face to face, eye to eye, nose to nose, mouth to mouth. He looks at us. It says that she has the eyes of a dove. Spiritual eyes are opened when we see with the eyes of heaven. Our spiritual eyes need to be opened to have a revelation of His love. To actually understand the depths of it. To go from the shallows of Greek understanding of our literal thinking into the realms of the depths of Hebrew understanding. There's something like 72 layers of understanding for most words in the Hebrew and I don't claim to know any of them. But I'm on a journey and, I'm, and he's starting to unravel me and he's starting to unpackage what love looks like to me. And I believe he is in this house. I believe he's moving us closer to him. See, the, the thing about the dove is the dove has no peripheral vision. So when he looks at you with the eyes of the dove, he only sees you. She gazed at him and he said, you, your eyes are like the eyes of a dove. She gazed upon him. Eye to eye, nose to nose, the very breath, very spirit, the very essence of who he is, to flame, the fan of the coals that are deep inside each one of us to bring life, to bring abundant life, to bring bring revelation, to bring strength to the inner man. When he breathes his life into us, we come alive. We don't just do life. Life is in us. The life of heaven has breathed into me so that I can rise above my enemies so that I can move the mountains before me. And his lips speak of his word. Your lips are like honey. The sustaining word of God, the powerful word of God that pierces like a two-edged sword, comes into the depths of who we are and does that surgery that you spoke about in our hearts. As we draw near to him, as we come close to him. The other word that the Lord gave me that was mountains. Isn't it interesting how the songs and the words are all lining up? Mountains. See, because the first invitation that the Lord gives the Shulamite bride as He's wooing her, He's singing a love song over the bride and he's wooing her. With the very word of who he is. And she's seeing into the depths of his eyes. She's seeing into the gaze of his heart. Heaven's heartbeat is becoming hers. And he says, Come away with me. Come to the mountain with me. But she's timid and she's shy and she doesn't go. Fear overcomes her. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Oh, how dirty and ruddy and filthy I am. Shulamite, how lovely you are. See, he doesn't look at us with the eyes of our history. He looks at us with the eyes of our destiny. He's looking at what you have been. Or where you have been. He's looking at you in the light of where he wants to take you. Will you come to the mountain with me? He says. Will you come to the mountain with me? And then she's gone. He's gone. It's like he's disappeared. And she realizes that her heart is longing. Her heart is longing for him. And he comes. He hasn't gone Because he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's just in the shadows. Because we've moved away from him when he's calling us to move towards him. She'd moved away. There's many of you, many of you in this room that are, your hearts are pounding with a thought of ministry. Ministry. With the thought of moving and doing the things of God and and being an impact in the workplace and and doing an internship and you're on a journey with Him and you want to be an influence in the marketplace and you're crying, Lord, let me be your ambassador. Let me be your minister. And do you know what I would say? Don't do it. Seek Him. Seek Him seek his face, seek his heart, seek all that he is. Because when we seek all that he is, we become what we behold. Then, then we're ready to minister in the power of his love. See, the first mountain that he takes it to has the fragrance of myrrh. It's prophetic. It's the mountain of Calvary. The mountain of suffering love. When we're immature, we would count the cost. But when our eyes have been opened to unfailing love, there is no cost to suffering love for the reward that is in front of us. She gets that revelation. It's easy to preach messages on the favour of God and the finances of heaven and riding the crest of a wave. But she faces the storm. She faces the mountain of the dark place. but she faces it with Him. She faces it without fear. She faces it with the knowledge that He is with her, He is within her. See, this song, it's a love song. Often we we hear a lot, don't we, about the divine exchange of how He took our place and our spirits have been born again. This is a message to the heart. This is the Word of God coming into our spirit to change how we think. This is the Word of God coming into our spirits to change our hearts, to squeeze the very things out of us that we didn't even know were in there. Because we're seeking His face. And He doesn't beat the stones of our hearts, He loves those things out of us. You're so lovely when she sees her unworthiness. No, you're so lovely. You're not unworthy at all. I've made you worthy. Will you come to me, to the mountain of Calvary with the fragrance of myrrh? Will you come to that place with me, suffering love? You have hair like the goats of Gilead, my Shulamite bride. The goats of Gilead, the goats, the representation of sacrifice, the hair, a representation of devotion. Will you come with me to Calvary and be my living sacrifice? Will you come with me? Will you encounter me? Will you move towards me? Will my heart become your heart? Will you see with my eyes the very fragrance of his lips? it says we're like apples. The apples represent the promise of God. He's calling us to move closer, that we would feel the very breath that gives us life, that we would feel the very breath that gives us hope, that we would smell the very fragrance of his presence. Know this story of a man in the Bible, David. There's probably more written about David than there is about any other man in the Bible. And there's one story that really captures me, and I believe captures the heart of David, captures the heart of God. And that's when in 1 Samuel 30. When David has been at battle with his men and he returns back to Ziklag, the Amalekites have come in behind him. They have destroyed the city. They have burned it to the ground. They have taken all the women, children, livestock and plunder. It said that the men cried out and travailed until they had no strength anymore. What did David do? It says he strengthened himself in the Lord. That's what he did. How did he do it? You see, it's in that moment of trial. It's in that moment when the mountain is bigger than we are. It's in that moment when the darkness is blacker than we've ever imagined. It's in that moment when the storm is so much stronger, when pain and disappointment and failure have come in and we're overwhelmed. And he calls us to overcome. Hallelujah. How was David able to overcome? David was intimate with his God. He strengthened himself, it says in the Lord. Before David was a a king, he was a priest. He called for the ephod. He called for the garment of God. He called for that garment, that very garment that you wear, that garment of praise, that robe of righteousness that becomes the armor of God. It's a garment first. David put on the garment and he worshipped his God. In the circumstances of absolute horror, he worshipped his God. It says he strengthened himself in his God. He didn't doubt the character of God. His men had turned against him. They wanted to stone him. He didn't doubt the character of God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And I believe in that moment. God said, you're still my chosen man. My hand is still upon you. My love is still towards you. And he inquires of the Lord, shall we pursue the armies? And the Lord says, yes. His relationship was restored to the Father. His relationship was restored within himself. Then his relationship was restored with his men. And they said, yes, the men that were turned against him, the men whose voices had gone against him, he strengthened them because of the power of God that was within him, because of the love of God. And now the breath of God burned in him like a fire. And he was ready, ready for battle. It says they overcame the enemy. Not a single life was lost. They returned with the woman and the children and the plunder of not just what they'd lost, but the plunder of all the other places that the Amalekites had been. You know the amazing thing in this story? That's a living testimony of, of what it is for us to be intimate overcomers. He didn't turn against the men that had spoken against him. Oh, he strengthened them. He strengthened them. See, in intimacy, there's no offense. David didn't carry offense. David didn't carry disappointment. David carried the presence of God because the breath of God had come into him because he made a move. He made a move towards his God and God raised him above his circumstances. God raised him above the ashes of the city that was burning because the life and the love of God was burning inside of him. In the same way as it burned inside the Shulamite bride, that she went to the mountain with him. Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. See, before the mountain of victory. There's the mountain of Calvary. Sometimes our greatest uh, encounters with trial, sometimes the most painful moments in our life are the greatest preparation for the move of God. See, don't don't despise delay. Don't despise the darkness. Don't despise the cold wind. Look into his eyes. Look into his eyes. Let the, his breath breathe life into you. Let his breath breathe the love back into you. See, we don't want to look with the eyes of misunderstanding, we don't want to look with the eyes of judgment. David didn't murmur against his men. David didn't gather a few and go into self-pity. No, he gathered himself in the presence of God. And he was strengthened. From a place of intimacy came a place of victory. If we want to win this city, we need to come together together. To become the Shulamite bride of Christ, to become the bride of intimacy, to become the bride who conquers. See, what does it mean to be more than a conqueror? She conquered his heart. You have conquered the heart of heaven. You conquered it on the cross of Calvary. Let him conquer your heart. That you be more than a conqueror. See, the Shulamite bride, she never carried offense, even though she was scorned. She went to the mountain. We sang, This mountain shall be removed. It's from the place of intimacy that we can stand before the mountain and know that it's going to go. And sometimes the mountain of trial, he will, he will cause us to climb it and not just remove it. Why? Because when we climb it, we have a different perspective. See, mountain also represents the high place of heaven. It represents the high places of God. It represents intimate fellowship with Him that He takes us from one level to another, from one trial to another level of victory when the fire of God burns in us because of our love for Him. There is no word spoken against me that will stick. There is no circumstance that comes against me that is bigger than my God because I know His love, I've seen His eyes. I've heard His voice, it's pierced the depths of who I am and I've now become who He is. She knows she's become heaven's equal, the bride of Christ. Our words are so important. What we speak, what we speak of him. Oh, how we've sometimes misunderstood him and he's had the blame for so many things. We've looked at ourselves and not been happy with who we are. But he says, I created you in my image. And then we've looked at each other and we've spoken. Sometimes well and sometimes not so well. You know, if there's one thing that riles a man, it's if you talk about his wife in a derogatory way. Think about our words when we speak about the bride of Christ. Think about how we're speaking about the bride. Let's not look at her with eyes of misunderstanding. Let's look at it with the eyes of love. Because we've seen him. Let his promise be in my heart. Let the overflow of who I am be the voice of David. I ask the music team to come. See, David, David raised a hallelujah in the face of his enemy. I had that written down as well. I have a couple of things written. That was one of them. Isn't it amazing? See, I don't want us just to sing the song. I want us to become the song. I want us to know him. That together we will raise a hallelujah in the face of the enemy. That we'll look at each other with the eyes of the dove. That sees the beauty of heaven. Because he's refining his bride. He's refining the bride. I'll finish with this thought of where I believe we are as a church and where I believe corporately the church is. And it's in the tension of the two books The Song of Songs, The Bride Being Prepared. The book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And John 17, the heart of Jesus. Father, that they be one as we are one. They be one as we are one. That I am one with you. Jesus says, I'm one with you. That you would be one with me when you look into my eyes. When my breath becomes your breath, when my promises become the fire in your belly, man of God, arise, come up to the mountain with me. Nothing will stop you. Even if it's Calvary, you'll go there because you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Out of the ashes... David arose with a hallelujah. He's calling us to a place of soft, soft intimacy so that we can rise up against our enemy. That we understand that there's a real enemy. But we're more than conquerors. We've conquered his heart. We're more than conquerors. We've overcome this world. We're more than conquerors because the hope of glory is inside of us. We're more than conquerors because we've encountered His love. We're more than conquerors because His word is life. It doesn't touch the top two inches. It's become a revelation and a reality. We experience what it is to rise, to rise up out of the ashes. None of us have faced what David faced, but we all face something. Each one of us has a mountain. Each one of us has a storm. Each one of us has a dark place. Each one of us has that moment when we can't see him. It's then that we need to move. That we move towards him. That we get revelation. That we understand what he was saying to the Shulamite bride, my lovely. Come away with me. Let me kiss you so that you can raise a hallelujah in the face of your enemies. In Jesus' name.